0: feel compelled to go ahead, go straight into the word today, I want to come back to that song at the end, so y'all I want to tap back into that flow I love that song we put our hope in you amen we're confident anybody confident in the Lord today what he's able to do thank you Lord, I need somebody uh, Paul, would you mind grabbing the pulpit, maybe Dr. Larry if y'all could grab the pulpit and just bring it over here to the middle, um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad you're here today. I've got some um some guests here today, and we'll we'll save all the uh, things that we need to get accomplished. We'll take the offering and greet our guest here at the very end. And um, we're going to have some fellowship after this. But I really don't feel, I feel like what we need to do right now should be seamless. Because I've got a word for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4. Psalm 4. We're going to read verses 1 and then 3 and 4 just for the sake of time today. Psalm chapter 4 verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Now let me pause there before we read this next part. Folks, I have read this Psalm hundreds of times. And recently I read it and I went back to this next part and I said, wait a minute. Does that say what I think that it says? And there was a rhema, there was a revelation, there was an expansion, there was an illumination, an insight just on this next phrase. Now I want you to look at it with me. Here's what it says. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Ever read that and contemplated it? Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress, and he goes on to say, and he's this is a prayer, this is a psalm of David, and he said, "Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer." Now skip down to verse three. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself, and the Lord will hear when I call unto him stand in awe and sin not commune with your heart upon your bed be still would you lay your hands on your bible and let's come into agreement father this is the word of the lord it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path the unfolding of your word gives light it gives understanding Heaven and earth shall pass away. Your word shall never pass away. I thank you for the eternal perspective that we're about to enter into with your word today. I ask you, Lord, to quicken your servant and help me to teach and preach under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, to open our minds and our hearts that the seed of your word can go in and produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. Thank you, Father, for your word that discerns. It divides asunder heart and soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It discerns thoughts and intents of the heart. So, Lord, let the, let the surgeon's knife go deep down into our hearts. Teach us today through the word, for we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And God's people said amen. I must give a preface to really an introduction to what I want to share with you today. And folks, what I'm going to talk about, it's entitled Enlargement. But I have to say this before I get into this, because with the Lord's help, I'm about to take us into a place to where it's really almost like a theological no man's land. There's a lot of, not, a lot of preachers who, who don't want to mess with what I'm about to talk about because we're about to go into a zone to where we don't have answers. All we have is God's word. And this is what I mean is, is that, now let me just say this because there's a lot of us who, who sat under certain teachers that have a certain revelation on an area of scripture, all right? And, and I just need to say, you know, back when in, in the 60, 50s, 60s, and 70s, God raised up mighty teachers with revelation of the word, uh, uh, and, and, and great like Oral Roberts and A.A. And, and, and Allen and, and people who traveled around, T.L. Osborne, people who had, got, had great teaching, on faith and healing and, and it was, and I believe what God was doing in that season, church is that he was speaking a word of healing and life to a very anemic church, to a church that had a poverty mentality, to a church that had been taught that, that God made you sick. And so we needed to have correction from God's word and from teachers who were gonna help us in those areas. The only issue is if that's the only side of teaching you've ever sat under, then some of the things in scripture won't make sense to you. You've got to, Paul said, I've not failed to give you the whole counsel of God. And so there are some things, church, that are fairly obvious when it happens to someone. Sometimes people have has adversity or distresses or things like that that happens to them as a result of the consequences of their own life. You know, the pain that a lot of people are experiencing is because of the choices they're making on a daily basis. You see, your, your daily choices are determining your future. Your daily routine is the best predictor of what your future will be. And so a lot of people have a lot of pain in their life because they're choosing pain. Some people have adversity in their life because they're under attack of the devil. Now I know this about children and this is so true and I've seen it so many times. Whenever you see a boy or girl that there's, it seems like all hell is lined up against that boy or girl. I mean they're going from one adversity to the other. What I know by knowing the word of God and knowing uh, scripture is that there is a divine assignment on that child that means they're a threat to the gates of hell. And so the enemy lines up to try to discourage them. Then there is that realm that we're going to today. When he said, when I was enlarged, when I was in distress, this is that zone, brother, sister, that when it happens, that we don't have an answer. But that we do know that God is good. And we do know that he's working all things together for our good. You see, the, the, the example I guess I'm thinking of right off the top of my head is Dr. Larry Nelson who just went home to be with the Lord. Did we not all pray? Do we not all believe that God can heal? Yes. But it didn't turn out how we prayed. So when it doesn't turn out how you're praying, right. what is it that what are you gonna believe? Right. Are you gonna believe a lie? Yes. Are you gonna believe your own understanding. The Bible says, warning, do not lean to your own understanding. If so, you're gonna get in trouble. You've got to get to the place to where you know the heart of your God and you can be confident that he's working it for your good. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Here is something in, in, in thinking about this. Do you know, I was reading this in preparation. Do you know that they've estimated now, that the cosmos or the universe that we sit in is 30 billion light years across. 30 billion light years across. Contained, they're estimating, at least 100 billion galaxies like our Milky Way. Think about hung out in the middle of this vast expanse is this little marble globe called planet earth our nearest star which is called one of our nearest stars uh, is called epsilon It's listen to the size of it the size of epsilon is larger than the orbit of Pluto around the sun you can fit uh, 2.3 billion suns inside of this one star See, you begin to see the thing. The Bible says that God, when God, it said he breathed out stars, the psalmist said, and then he said he took each star and he hung it in space, and guess what? He said, and he called it by name. What a mighty God. And yet, there is inside of you, child of God, a universe that's even larger than the one I just tried to describe to you. You have a cosmos inside of you. And what the Holy Spirit and what God is trying to do when he's working in our lives, when he allows us to walk through certain things, what he's saying is your universe and your orbit is too small. I'm going to enlarge you inside. The only issue is sometimes it's not in the way that we think that he should that he allows us to go through things and you kind of step back and go, God, I wish you'd have checked with me before you did that. Because when I prayed, remember old Jabez? Huh? Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Hallelujah. Are you liking it so far? Oh, Lord, that you would enlarge my borders. Well, that sounds good. Oh, it's gonna be good to the right and to the left. You know, uh, Isaiah 54, I'm gonna gonna lengthen, you're gonna expand to the right and to the left. Thank you, Lord. And God says, good, I'm glad you prayed that because I'm gonna send some distress in your life. Well, Lord, now now hold on. I wasn't expecting adversity. I wasn't expecting difficulty. I wasn't expecting tribulation. Here's what I'm trying to overcome in some of you. See, the Bible's full of that. Come on now. How about how about Abraham prayed for years? God supernaturally gave him the promise. And then God comes back to him. Has this ever happened to you? And God says, I want my promise back. <laughs> God, but you gave it to me. Yeah, I know, but I want you to give Isaac to me. Yeah. And why did God have Abraham go up on Moriah and offer his only begotten son? I He's not even, I'm sure Abraham didn't even fully understand what, what's God up to? He's, he's gonna have me sacrifice. Abraham thought he was gonna raise him from the dead. He didn't, I mean, how many of us are at that level of faith that God could say, give me your child and trust me? Whew. Can I give you a real life example of that? Deanna and I were, when we were over at, at the rock, when I was a senior associate over there, There's some dear friends of ours over there that were, he was an ER doctor over at Athens Hospital. They had seven kids at that time, something like that. I mean, they were kind of like the DeVrieses and, you know, um, I mean, they blessed and multiplying all over the place. Well, now, they, uh, they, 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 she, she got pregnant with another baby. And when they went in to do the test, They said, his chromosomes are not not right. And they said, in essence, uh, you're about to have a Down syndrome baby. Now, they had already named the baby. Guess what his name was? Isaac. And they called us into the hospital there at Huntsville. Now, listen, this man and this woman were people of great faith. Actually, they had both gone to Ramah College. And, and, and believed, had seen miracles. We had seen miracles happen at that church. So there was no question that we could believe in God's ability. And here's when we walked into that because that baby was born in, in critical care, like, much like little baby Eli. Where is he? Right there. Got, see, there's a miracle baby. We got some, we got some miracle babies in this house. It's like little Emma, Emma Clare. Emma you know, there's, there's something. So anyway, we walked into that, to that ER unit and we walked up and, and, and that little baby was there in that um, incubation unit. And this father looked at me and said, and the mother looked me dead in the eye and said, we, are, we believe that God can rearrange chromosomes. And they said, Pastor and Deanna, would you agree with us For this, and I looked back and I said, absolutely, I believe that God is able to go in and supernaturally redo things. And we prayed the prayer of faith, and guess what happened? The healing didn't come like we thought. To this day, the baby is still Down syndrome. But if you talk to Dr. Todd and his wife now, they would tell you the fact that they named the baby Isaac was so appropriate. Because even in the state of being a Down syndrome baby, they have brought so much joy in his family. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is there are certain things that we'll experience that you simply cannot explain. You see, here's what I know. I don't see sickness and disease in the garden, do you? And I don't see sickness and disease in heaven. I see when Jesus, the son of God, walked the earth, what did it say? And God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about did, uh, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So, what that tells me is that sickness and disease are not going to be in heaven. And that he came to reverse that curse. Sickness and disease came as a result of sin. But there are certain things that happen that, friends, just like a Dr. Nelson, friends, as a pastor, years, years ago down in Florida, there was this, this, this um, lady, Sister Delina. She's Italian. All oh, the Italians can cook good food. Can I get a witness in the Italian in this house? Oh, my goodness. And listen, if you've never eaten at a, we got a revelation. The first, this actually, they were Sicilian. They brought us over and they sat us down and the first thing they served us was eggplant. I mean, big old plate of eggplant. Anybody like eggplant? All right, God bless the rest of you. And I mean, I ate that, it was good. Then they started bringing lasagna and, you know, ziti and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, folks, I'm an Alabama boy. I I like fried chicken and black-eyed peas and cornbread and mashed potatoes with gravy. And I'm sorry. But man, and pork chops. <laughs> and they ate until I was hurting. I mean, I couldn't breathe. The food was coming out my esophagus. I can't, I, you know, and then, then guess what they brought at the very end? Salad. <laughs> I, this is the way we serve it. And listen, I was I was hurting so bad. Y'all probably know this, eating in y'all's family. I, I actually pushed. The, I couldn't eat another bite. And Doctor Larry, I pushed. I pushed the plate away, and I looked at her with agony in my face, and like it was good. And here's what she did. Sister Rose was her name. She says. Oh, Pastor Beadle, you you don't like my food? (laughs) I could tell she was broken heart. I'm like, oh God, give me strength. (laughs) It was delicious, but I was hurting. Now listen, I would go in, Sister Delina had contracted cancer. And I went into that hospital every day and visited her. And folks, she had the scriptures playing on tape. She had praise music, and she would. Folks, I would walk in. Here I am, the little preacher from Alabama, and I, I would walk in and say, "Sister Delina, how are you?" Doing? Oh, Pastor Bill, God is so good. He's been so good. I am healed. I know His word is true, and I'm standing there saying, "Wait a minute! I'm the pastor here. <laughs> You're not supposed to lay there in the bed." And tell me this. I'm supposed to be telling this. And after we're done, I can say, you know, Sister Delint, can I pray for you? Oh yes, Pastor. But let's pray. And she will start going into tongues and things. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm healed. You're so good. And I'd, I'd walk out of there, you know, thinking I'd stand in the hallway and look back and say, Who just ministered to who here? <laughs> I mean, I, what what just happened, folks? Can I tell you? Sister Delina went home to be with the Lord. She was healed. There's kind of what I'm trying to get at with some of these things is that sometimes we in our finite minds think that I think I've got it figured out. Here's the way it works and God's going, listen, listen, child, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not yours. I am working on such a higher plane than you are but there are times when you come that you simply will not have an answer and that is you better know the God who gave you his word. Because there are some times when you go through things that it simply does not make sense. The only thing that makes sense is the God who gave you promises. Now he says, when, when I was enlarged, when I was in distress, let me... Let me get a couple of words here. Enlarge. You may be this may surprise you. Did you know the Hebrew word for enlarged is Rahab? I'm talking Rahab, y'all know your Bible? Hey somebody, she was a prostitute. In case you didn't know, and she protected God's people and hung a scarlet thread outside of her window so that the people would know don't destroy when the when God's people don't destroy this house because I protected and she is in the hall of faith <gasps> she is in Hebrews chapter 11 Rahab comes up but look at what Rahab means to extend to open wide to the enlargement of borders to give relief to give relief to provide greater freedom now you, I'm going to have to get, get you hang with me in your mind just for a moment in other words what you're seeing what we're talking about right now there's, there's many things that you will walk through that on the outside it looks like it's working against you but if you trace the hand and you look at the promises of God, you will realize that anything that looks like it's working against you eventually will work for you. Because he is, listen, 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 he is in the invisible realm. He is in your circumstances. And a lot of times I've met so many people and we know what this is like. To so We're going, okay, God, we don't know why this is going on, but what we do know is we'll trust you. See, so you're looking at a man and a woman that in 2006, that she was, she was uh, pregnant, 2004, excuse me, and, and found out she was pregnant, we were excited. We already had Rachel, Rebecca, and we were, we were planning, every, every parent has done that. We're thinking of dream, you know, dreaming, okay, God's gonna give us a, a, another child. I was thinking a little boy because I needed a boy, because I've got so much estrogen in my house right now. I need some testosterone balance, y'all. I got a dog. He's a boy. But come on, somebody. Thank you. Thank you, Shelly. I need a little help from the back row. And And... You know, we prayed, and we're all excited. You know, both of our babies before, healthy babies. I mean, they're sitting here now. Becca Bear's over there. I think Rachel's helping back there. Rose is upstairs. But guess what? Deanna came to me and said, something's going on. I don't feel right. I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you've lost that baby. Folks, you better look at this preacher Sometimes when things hit your life that you're not looking for, sometimes you won't get an answer. Sometimes you will hear, you're gonna have to trust me. You know, it was only, only months later that Becca Bear, how old was she? Two? Three and a half? Little Becca Bear right here Walks over to Deanna, sitting on the, minding her own business, just sitting on the couch. Three year old walks over, points at her tummy, and says, There's a baby in there. <laughs> now, come on, somebody. Your child walks up and says, There's a baby in there. And, and Deanna's like, What? She said, There's a baby inside. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and Rose is here do you know that in between the time that we lost and it was actually prophesied for somebody who didn't even know Is was like remember heaven is real remember he went to his mommy and said I met my sister in heaven she said she had a miscarriage and she said how did you know he said I met her in heaven she's wait, and she said she's up there waiting on you to give her a name is that right is that the same I, I think that was right that she, anyway, she, I met her well, somebody prophesied to us down. and said, uh, "Your son is waiting on you in heaven. His name is Jonas, because we had that name picked out." Now, right in between that time, I had one of one of the pastors, and uh, you know, Jeremiah notes. Uh, pastor Rhinus over at the rock he's, he's one of the black pastors he's, he's my brother from another mother you know, he and I kind of hung out you know, we, he came up to me didn't know anything and said uh, and we didn't know she was going to be pregnant and we just lost this other baby he said the next baby that you have he said you're about to have a baby he said the next baby you have he said she's going to be a gift and I was like well I, I received that Guess what day Rose was born on? My birthday. Come on, somebody. Do not put a period where God has a comma in your life. Do not give up where God has not stopped working. You are a work in progress. Now, look at the next word here. The next word is... Distress, because we've got the Hebrew word "Rahab," which means to enlarge the borders or to provide greater freedom. But now, work. Look how this word works with the next Hebrew word is "sar." Now, look at what this word is defined as. "Sar" is a narrow or tight place. It is scarcity or distress caused by scarcity. Look at this. It's an opponent as crowding by an enemy or an an adversary. It, It means to be crowded. Anybody ever been cornered? It means to have trouble, to cause sorrow or anguish. It is adversity of affliction or trial by tribulation. Folks, Here's, here's what this is the first leg of a series that I'm going to just get to a place here and I'm just going to jump off because there are things that we walk through. Folks, I want to tell you this, we're walking through this as a church. We're walking through a season of distress as a church but I want you to look at this little preacher up here. God sent us here and God called a people out of this area because he believes in something. See, right. so you've got to understand when, when you're going through things, it's not what God is trying to show you is not as much what you, what you will believe in him about as what he's believing you with. A lot of times, what you're walking through, you're saying, But God, I'm trying to trust Him and trust you, and what He's saying, yeah, but what I'm showing you is, I won't give you more than you can handle. Right. But what I can give you, I want you to know, I will trust you that you'll get through it. Have it has anybody here in this room found Him out to be a good God? Yes. You see, you've heard the old statement God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too kind. is too is too uh, kind to be. uh, What is that statement? I just went right out of my head. In other words, He won't put anything on us that that is misleading or wrong. And the statement finishes. So when you don't understand, when you can't trace His hand, trust His heart. What about what you walked through years ago, physically? We don't understand why you have to go through those things but all I know is you're sitting here today and God has promises over your life and it's not done yet and what the devil tried to make evil, God says, wait a minute, I'm turning around for the good. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. And it's, it's, when, when, when we're going through this place, it says it's a narrow, tight place. <laughs> Watch out what you pray for. Because this God who is a benevolent God, he's a good God, but he will allow tribulation. The word says it's through many tribulations we enter the kingdom. This is the Bible now. Jesus said, uh, said in this world, somebody help me, you shall have tribulation. But he didn't finish it there. But be of good cheer, I have overcome this world. So he's on the other side of your distress. But here's what I'm seeing, and then here's what you've got to catch. When you've been cornered, God is reducing your options. Here's the amazing thing about this, because when God gets you into the place to where you're, it's, it's eliminating options in your life, to where the only thing that you've got Listen, listen, the only thing that you've got is him. You can have people around you saying this and you can have counselors, you can have medication, you can have family, I mean, you can have all these things. They're trying to tell you one thing and it all comes back and you, you go and you lay down on your bed. That's what Psalm says is that you're to commune with him in your bed. In other words, that's a lot of times when we get quiet. We lay our head to the pillow and then it's just you and him. And that's where you come to the place where either you believe this or you don't. And when you're facing adversity, when you're facing distresses, here's what God is saying, is that (laughs) I have confined you, I have restrained you, because in doing so, I'm about to enlarge you. I'm gonna send you through narrow places, I'm gonna send you through a tight place. Has anybody here... Ever been in a tight place? <laughs> I'm talking about how about this where you're sitting down and you're writing out bills and you're saying, Oh God, can I print money? How are we going to get through this, Lord? Or you get a report from the doctor, Oh God, how are we going to get through this? See, thank God for doctors. But I happen to know one named Dr. Jesus. Can I tell you, we hit a place some time ago. See, a lot of this, I'm, t- is, is, I'm not just preaching a sermon, y'all. <laughs> but see, I, I, I'm looking, I, I, can, I can hand the microphone off and say, come on, you ever gone through some distress? Come on, I need to look at it. You ever gone through any, through any adversity? What I've learned about him Is that whenever he brings distress, whenever he brings adversity or difficulties or hardships or reproaches or insults or persecution, and I could go on and on and on. Your father is standing there and he's saying, Yes, I'm allowing the test, but guess what I found out in school? Whenever a test comes, I'm gonna look at some of you teachers, all right? Whenever a test comes, what does that mean? You're tested to see if you know the material, right? Do you know the material? What if you don't know the material? You're gonna go out and do some more studying. You're gonna to have to be put in a narrow place again until you get the material right. But this is, oh, I got good news for you today in case you're thinking, well, this is bad news. You know what the good news is? That when you take a test, guess what I found out in school? That's when you get promoted. If you pass the test... That's, the, that's when you get to the next level. So, if, let me stop right here. If by chance, right now, in the middle of this sermon, you're going, Oh, Brother Bill, I can't believe you're preaching this message because I'm walking through a valley right now. I'm walking through a tribute. I'm going through a test right now. May I give you some good news today? Let me get back up here. I don't want to leave you on the front row out. Promotion is coming. And here's the word of the Lord to you because this is what the Lord gave me about us and about this church. He said, don't, don't settle for second best. Amen. Sister Anna, for the healing over your eyes, don't settle for second best. Amen. There's gonna be, come up, see, here's what the devil does. Let me tell you how he works. He always tries to get a settlement with you. He always comes up and says, hey, see this treaty? Let's you and I, Proclaim detente. I'll quit, I'll quit attacking you if you'll quit growing and coming after me. If you'll just stay over there and be a nice Christian and just, just be a good Christian, just go to church and just sit there and toss the preacher and amen every once in a while and then go home and drink sweet tea and watch Andy Griffith. And if so, I'll just leave you alone. You'll be fine. But the moment you say, but I'm gonna become a man of God. I'm going to become a woman. I'm going to fulfill my purpose for my generation. Then the enemy goes, Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. You crossed the line. Now, yeah, let's you and I talk about this. Let's see if we can, um, you know, agree to, agree to, you just settle down. Compromise. Can we compromise? And what he's trying to do, he's trying to get you to settle for second best. And we're not supposed to settle for second best. We don't, thank God for the doctors, but understand there is a healing. Is right. there, there, it, and you may have gotten some bad report. Maybe you're going through, but don't settle for second best. So your father, everything that happens to you, friends, is father filtered. Right. Here's where we've got to discern. And this is where this does take discernment. And this is why this is no man's land. Because, yeah, some things that happen to some people are a result of sin. Some things are because it's it's an attack of the devil. See, sometimes things are happening to you that with the authority, come on, somebody, the authority that's in you, you're supposed to rebuke the devil. You're supposed to speak to your body and say, line up! You don't go around, I hear people saying this, Oh well, you know, um, uh, my ADHD, my OCC, you want to own that? Is, is that what God wants you to? Well, I, I got my cancer. Who's cancer? Is that what you want? The power of life and death. Glory to God, I'm trying to hold back. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You want to go ahead and announce that over you? Or how about what God told me? He said, quit getting up in front of the church and telecasting the doubts you have. He said, get up, pastor, get up and speak to the future. Speak to the vision. Speak to the heart of the church. Stir the faith up in the people. Not hype, not pretend, not denial. Just say, yeah, we're going through a tough time, but we're gonna get through it. Because he's on the other side of that promise. Thank you for the help on the front row. Now watch this. I got a couple more things. I got a scripture I want to read. That Oh, man, you better. Here comes a fastball, buddy. You're going to knock it out of the park when I read it to you in the Amplified. But listen, two Wednesday nights ago. Oh, if you're not here on Wednesday night, you're missing it. Come on, Wednesday night, folk. Help me out. Man, we, oh. Now I'm talking about you. Some of you can't get here because of circumstances. I'm talking about if you're sitting home watching that idiot tube, and you could be here, iron sharpener, man. But two Wednesday nights ago, I, I got home. Boy, it was just electric. I mean, that was just, it was just a good time in the word. I got home and my wife was making me nachos. Nacho, nacho man. I got to be a nacho man. <laughs> yeah, that's devil, I'm nacho man. All right. So I'm sitting, I'm watching a friend of mine on TV. Guy I know from back in the 80s, Dr. Mike Murdoch. Moved some furniture for him. And uh, You know, I don't agree with everything Brother Mike says, but he's, he's got some great teaching. Well, he's, he's, he's sitting there and he's ministering on adversity. I'm sitting there just minding my own business. I mean, I went to church, and I'm sitting there in my chair, and he goes, you know, sometimes... For you to arrive at where God has called you, you will have to go through seasons of insignificance. He says you will have to go through seasons when no one else understands what you're going through. You will go through seasons when you will cry and nobody will see. You will go through seasons where your voice will not be respected by others. You will go through times when you have burdens and there's nobody else to carry them and you'll say, oh God, this is such a heavy burden and he's right there with you because see, when you're alone, you're never alone. He's always, he's an ever-present help. He, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, Lo, I'm with you. Do you hear the word today? I'm with you to the end of the age. So you find out when you're alone with him, you find out he's enough to carry you through. And then he's saying, I'm sitting there kind of pinned back in my chair saying, Does Brother Mike, is he reading my mail? And then she's in there in the kitchen and then he goes, you know what? He says, I'm talking to a pastor. Now, there's one pastor sitting there right now that I'm talking to, and this is you. He said, I'm gonna stop this message right now. I'm gonna pray for you. She's in the kitchen. She goes into emergency tongues. <laughs> and I think she's, a, she's going, God's nailing him. I, I just bowed my head. and God, I just, I'm praying over this man right now. That he will, he will believe you for the dream that he has. And you're gonna get him through this season. I lifted my head up and said, God knows where we are. God knows where you are. Where, if I ascend to the highest place, you're there. If I go to the lowest of valleys, I, I get down there and, hey, How did you get down here? I was waiting on you. No matter where I go, you're with me. But now watch this, and I gotta read this scripture, and we gotta wrap up here. But listen, the enemy has intention to bring you down. You see, see, his intention against you is different than your father's. The enemy is trying to destroy you. He's trying to collapse you. He's trying to rob you. All right? So here's what I've learned. Ready for this now? Y'all got everybody's attention? Everybody bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Let me look out here and see. Back row. Everybody good? All right, now watch this. The enemy measures what's inside of you by how much it takes to discourage you. in the crock pot let it marinate for a minute you ever been discouraged you ever suffered a setback you ever prayed and the prayer seems to go unanswered the enemy measures he knows what's inside of you by how much it takes to discourage you how does he know you're discouraged you end up telling him or you show it you put your head down, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, shoulders folded down, head down, you know, walking into church. Hey, brother, you know. You know, they call me Ebenezer. You know. Yeah, you can discouragement will rob you of the hope that you have. So I want to give you some terms here, and I want to read this scripture. Then we got to wrap it up. All right, look, there are three key words as we go through this series. And I was, this is some time ago, I, I found this out. And um, I thought, you know, what's the difference between, watch now, let me see if I can get you, get your, get your gears to spinning before I put the, the, the definitions up there. What's the difference between, ready? Trust, somebody say trust. trust. Faith, and faith and hope. Don't they all sound similar? When you start thinking about the words, don't they sound similar? Is trusting different than faith? And is faith different than hope? See, these are the three key ingredients that when you go through distress, when you go through adversity and trials and tribulate, when you go through tests, you better put these in your backpack or in your fanny pack. Lord God, nobody wears fanny packs anymore. Because they're out of style, all right? But you better pack these with you when you go through the valley of the shadow of death. All right, I'm gonna give you the difference because you, gotta, you, gotta, you, you should be writing these down if, unless you got a photographic mind or you better go back and listen to this on Facebook. But you gotta have these three when, if you're gonna be enlarged when you go through your distresses. Ready? Trust is having confidence in the character of God having confidence in the character of God that means you may not have an answer for what you're going through but you know God is good and so you trust that he's not a man that he would lie he's, there's not evil inside of him he's not trying to get you back he's just trying to say I'm a good God and whatever's good, even what Joseph, hey, 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 even what when, it, when his brothers, for everything that he went through, it's years later, 17 years later, maybe more. Finally, his brothers are standing there, and look at what Joseph was able to say to them. He said, What you did to me, you meant for evil, but God meant it for good. So, in other words, what's that? There's an invisible personality around you right now that's orchestrating, that's arranging, aligning things. He's making it happen, but do you know his character? You better know it because that's where trust is rooted. Secondly, faith is believing in the ability of God. It's believing in the ability of God. Do you believe he's able? Do you believe he's able? Because the word says all things are possible to what? So whatever God can possibly do is accessed by somebody who simply believes he can. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. I'm gonna amen myself. Amen, Bill. Thirdly, it's hope. Hope is the anticipation of the promises of God. See, you can, you can not have an answer yet, but do you know that you can call it forth? Fourth. Oh, this is a later verse down in the series. It says that God calls those things that are not as though they, that's not hype, y'all. Somebody said, Well, I ain't going to. People walk around and say, How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. And she I don't like it. Well, if you don't like it, well, then lump it. But I like to go around and, and people say, You know, how you doing? Well, I'm blessed. Because why? Because it ain't a lie. Yeah, lie. No, I'm blessed. Man, if you could see where he found me and what he's brought me from, don't you, don't you, I'll go off on you. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Well, what did the doctor say? Well, the doctor said this, but Jesus said I'm healed. Yeah, but you got the thing still going on. Yeah, but that's not what the word said. So whose report will you believe? So if he said you're healed, then don't go around saying I'm sick. Oh, I know this is starting to sound a little crazy but see you gotta trust trust in the Lord with all of your heart lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him he'll direct your paths you gotta trust in the character of God and you gotta put your faith in the living God you see it was faith that was in the trial with Peter that's why I'm going later on Jesus says to Peter he "says Satan has requested the word there is desired he's desired to sift you as wheat and, and Jesus says and I've prayed for you thanks a lot, Lord. I thought you would at least, you know, get him on the ropes, Jesus. Take him out for me. He says, no, actually, I'm gonna put him on a leash. And he says, and when he's done with you, he said, I want you to strengthen your brothers. Did you hear what he just said? After he went through the adversity, he was gonna have a strength that he didn't have before. He was going to be to enlarge somebody else because in the distress he was enlarged, right. Right. and then hope is always it's hung out there. It, it, it's about if God has said it, do you believe it? All right, so that's that's what hope is. Let me read this first. Uh, worship team, come on, come on up here. Uh, go to the Second uh, Corinthians, y'all, back there. Look at this. This is out of the Amplified. Oh, I'm just going to let it speak because it is it is so good. Ready, amplified. Can y'all see that? We might need to start using a little bit bigger. Can y'all see that in the back? Y'all all right? Anybody squinting back there? Okay. All right, For now here's 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 18. Here is that back view of what we're going through right now, and I'm just gonna let this talk to you. Ready? For all these things... That are taking place for your sake. For so that more grace, divine divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multiplies through many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. In other words, what you're going through is going to have an end result. Next, therefore, we do not become discouraged child of God, hear the word of the Lord don't become discouraged in what you're walking through if I could get up in your face right now and say don't be discouraged don't let that inside of you, you've got an old, a cosmos inside of you that God's trying to enlarge, don't be discouraged or utterly spiritless or exhausted or wearied through fear, though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away Yet our inner self is being progressively renewed. You see, you're being enlarged. For our light and momentary affliction, this light, this light distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting glory to God, weight of glory beyond measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations a vast and transcendent glory, a blessedness that will never cease. And then he finishes the chapter, says, since we consider and we look not at the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless. And worship team, everlasting.